Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 16, Shadow, premiered on February 28th, 2006, directed by Kim Manners and written by Eric Kripke. We are... Natural, Natural. Natural friends. 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 We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. on our twitter if season one sam and dean had a fight to the death who would win and uh sam came in first with 44 percent of the votes dean at 33 and casey you got the 23 percent. so thanks for all your support out there i appreciate it this week on supernatural sam and dean become bait for john after meg draws the boys to chicago by murdering innocent people with a demon the boys and their dad escape but decide it's best to split up for now. So we're starting off in the Windy City this week, Chicago, Illinois, with new character Meredith, who possibly listens to a Zune. I was wondering what that was. It, it definitely makes me miss the uh, the times where you had your phone oh, and you had your MP3 player. <laughs> Simpler times. I do not listen to music nearly as much as I used to. I don't know if it's an age thing or because of podcasts but uh like i noticed meredith i was like oh you're listening to music (laughs) i i used to do that but not anymore so anyway she's listening to a zoom so anyway yeah she's listening to a zoom um and then we see what appears to be a shadow coming to life and she gets her heart ripped out i really like that shadow uh i don't know what it was about it like the way they filmed it uh, it was really cool because it was like it, there was already shadows amongst her, but then like it, it'd come around the corner and it kind of move like with her. And I, I don't know for some reason that that opening scene of her running was I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, they did really cool like intentional stuff with the lighting to then make those effects work behind her. So I think it was very well thought out. I thought it was weird she she got to her apartment and like opening scene scene. The opening scene was straight out of a horror movie, and she got to her apartment and said, like, well, well, that was scary. Time to relax and have a beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the danger's over. Like, now that I am inside, I'm good. Nothing nothing can get me with this chain-locked door. So I feel like it was it was implying that she thought, like, somebody was following her, which is definitely, like, a regular, like, fear, you know, if you're living like in a city. person. Yeah, yeah yeah okay she also had the alarm system too i can get her feeling secure too bad she wasn't <laughs> um she listened to her uh answering machine when she got there remember oh, those wow. uh, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even process how much of a blast from the past that is i had to so i listened to the messages but then i was like wait what are they talking about apparently something crazy happened the night before but then I went back and listened to him because I was like, oh, this is important. 
It's it's not important whatsoever. (laughs) There's just like the most quick example of um, foreshadowing with the one message mentioning her heart being ripped out and then immediately her heart gets ripped out. (laughs) Yeah, it took me a second to get that because I I didn't quite realize that her heart was ripped out by the shadow monster. Initially, I didn't. But then I realized like, oh, didn't didn't that person on the answer machine say that and at first i was like that's dumb that's a dumb joke i'll allow it <laughs> pretty cool you guys like those uniforms <laughs> i love it so much it felt like a weird like there had to have been better options though i, I wonder if it's like ease of getting those the uh alarm outfits do you think it'd be easy but i mean like there had to be more believable companies coming in. Like, I don't know. Plumbing. That's kind of okay. <laughs> hey, I heard you had a murder. <laughs> Let me check your pipes. Okay. Uh... <laughs> no, I, th- I felt like it was believable that um, a, a an alarm company possibly to investigate their own liability and, and, prevent any issues would follow up and say like oh what happened here how did our system not catch this i thought that was pretty believable i don't think it they necessarily needed to be in jumpsuits with name tags it didn't yeah, they needed it it was kind of weird <laughs> because uh dean was hanging that lampshade while he was entirely right that it was unnecessary like you could go in jeans and a t-shirt and say hi I'm, well i guess not jeans and a t-shirt but like maybe jeans and a t-shirt and a business card and say hey i'm with this alarm company no i like it we've officially created a habit i i, I hope it continues <laughs> yeah last episode we had the full police outfits now we have the episode? alarm company yeah it was last episode oh wow it makes you wonder why they didn't go with the police outfits unless i guess chicago would probably have very specific um, yeah because what were they colorado or something they were like colorado state troopers <laughs> do you guys notice sam's hair during the scene uh, this is probably not even where you're talking about but i have <laughs> been paying attention to sam's hair this whole season <laughs> yeah i specifically remember the hairstyles around this time and he has a very specific like early 2000s late 2000s like swoop thing going on mm-hmm. and uh i have no idea where you're going with this but yeah i've been paying attention to that and seeing what happens <laughs> like it, specifically during this alarm company scene um it was styled differently on top of it like the bangs were much more in place over his forehead than normal and he, yeah more than anything, it just looked like he needed a haircut. Yeah. I so that's an attempt now. to be more professional, you think? Maybe. Yeah, I combed it down. <laughs> it does not look more professional. I pulled it up no. now. I see what you're talking about. Because it's, yeah, just practically pulled over his eyes. Like, why would yeah. you do that? And then the next scene, it's just back to normal. It was weird. Um, that lady, the I guess the owner of the apartment, told so much information to the security uh, personnel, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I felt like she just wanted to uh, like talk to them, but I was like, 
Um, they really don't need all this information. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one line she had? Um, their alarm was as useful as boobs on a man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm start using that now. But she did give them the very useful info that she found the body torn to pieces. Which is weird because, like, I, we saw the initial, like, attack, like, the splattering of the blood. And I would have thought that that was the end of it. And she's dead and gone. Now we have, apparently they mangle him up. Dean reveals his relationship with Officer Amy. And um, Officer Amy told them that the heart was also missing. Officer Amy's a bad officer. <laughs> <laughs> she loves him. Um, and then Dean decides to play Connect the Dots with the blood on the carpet. Yeah. That- <laughs> Which, <laughs> this is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, where this is interesting. Where is he going with this? And then they zoom out and they show the symbol. And I'm like, okay, that could have been anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you could have made any type of symbol with that. Uh-huh. I also thought, because there, there was like concentrated blood, like in the circle in the middle had like more blood than, than the outside parts and whatnot. Um, but I did think like you didn't need masking tape to demonstrate that. You, you could have drawn that. From sight, you could you could just take a sticky note and say, "Hey, it kind of looks like this, right? <laughs> Let's look into this symbol." So they go to the bar to I don't know, hang out, I guess, and uh, we get the big reveal for the week. Uh, Meg's back. <laughs> Meg's back. <laughs> Meaning we got possibly Bruce's first fully incorrect prediction. What'd you think, Bruce? I was proud and impressed with the way that you doubled down on saying that Meg was not coming back. Where, because <laughs> you told us that she came on screen and your wife was like, hey, what do you think of Meg? Like, she was completely <laughs> not, she was completely obvious about that. And then, and then Casey asked you about Meg and you just, you just stuck to your guns. You're like, we nah. will never see her again. One and done. <laughs> I think it was one of those things. Like, this is so obvious that I maybe like I just hope she's not a thing. <laughs> like, because as soon as I saw Meg in this episode, I immediately just uh, she's the worst. Like, <laughs> well, you're not supposed to like her, but like, it's not like ooh, cool villain. It's like kind of annoying. Like, she's like she got that like buzz in your ear, like when she talks. I don't know. I'm just, I'm okay if she dies eventually. <laughs> she does say that she went to California and met Michael Murray, someone. Oh, yeah. A, re- a little reference to Chad Michael Murray, who, fun fact, was on Gilmore Girls with Jared. And also um, the movie House of Wax. Yeah, once again, I was just like, that's dumb. Bye. And... <laughs> What do you call it when when I don't know where is it? They just make corny jokes and it just kind of lightens the mood. I'm okay with it breaking the fourth wall. So Dean comes up behind Meg and Sam and coughs, and um, Meg tells him to cover his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just felt so relevant. How did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I love how Dean just goes, "Okay, that's awkward." <laughs> just goodness. <laughs> Like, he just calls it out, like, he's not going to try to pretend like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down, because she, um, she really let loose on Dean. She she does not like him, and, well, she's a bad guy anyway, but if she 
she was pretending to be a normal person and and let loose on Dean. Um, and I just want to give this advice to people that if if you're in an awkward situation, the best way to make it more awkward is to announce that it's awkward. <laughs> Saying that something is awkward just makes it all the worse. Well, that's awkward. Well, debatable before, but now it totally is. So after they leave the bar, Sam is suspicious about Meg being there, which made me pretty proud of Sam. Look at your good little instincts. Not just falling for the girl this time. He's very smart. And I I was really impressed with how he asked for her last name in such a nonchalant way that I didn't even pick up on like, oh, he's suspicious. Like, that's, yeah. Oh, that's smart. Good job. Of uh, uh, He needed the last name to look her up. And Dean uses that info to try to vet her out and um, clears her by saying that he found her history in Andover, Massachusetts, just like she said, and found her high school photo, which matches her, which knowing what we know at the end of the episode, there's something weird going on with Meg. She's communicating with demons. She can survive a fall from a building. Mm. So, but we know she has a real history as a person. So maybe we can hear more about that in Bruce's predictions later. Because he's really good at (laughs) Meg predictions. (laughs) I was hoping she wasn't going to be around again. So we'll see what happens. When he was staking out uh, her house, it came to my mind that the Impala is a terrible, like, stakeout vehicle yes. <laughs> like, it, like it st- sticks out really bad i actually had that same thought and then i realized meg's probably never seen it before in theory yeah well, i was thinking that because he he had left the yeah. car when he saw her the last time yeah so that made me feel a little bit better about it but um sam was just being a little pervert <laughs> twice <laughs> i think twice somebody called him that in this episode i think so Dean calls Sam and reveals that he has discovered what the symbol was and what our monster of the week was. Greg, you want to fill us in on what we're looking at here? He was correct that a deva is part of the Zoroastrian religion. So Zoroastrianism is one of the world's oldest continually practiced religions. Um, there's obviously a lot to it that I'm not going to get into, but Basically, the practitioners follow the threefold path of Asha, which is the use of good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. Uh, so devas uh, are a supernatural entity with, quote, disagreeable characteristics. I found a, an article on Fansided uh, by Alexandria Ingham, where she points out that you know, they got the, the, the basic, the name and everything right, and the religion right, um, but the show portrayed them as kind of demonic pit bulls, but in the religion itself, they are viewed as false gods to be rejected, and they were later called demons and lesser beings, so they weren't, they weren't like animalistic like they are in the show, that was just a made-up portion of it. Um, the creatures cause disorder and chaos. In Persian mythology, the creatures are there to spread disease and cause death, similar to the horsemen of the apocalypse. And that's it. So when he was reading that, he said the good 
thoughts, good words, good deeds. Uh-huh. Um, have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie? No, I haven't. Um, so in it, he says, uh, just like you told me, Papa, good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Because Freddie Mercury's family was Zoroastrian. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wait, I know that quote. Bruce, nice pull. <laughs> Thanks, Greg, for the education about the devas. Just like Caleb gave to Dean, apparently. Caleb. <laughs> have, have we met Caleb we yet? I haven't met him, but I think this is the second time he's been mentioned. So Okay, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, I didn't know if crossed. we mentioned him before. Maybe we'll see him. What was I going to say? That Sam is Spider-Man. Sam is Spider-Man? Climbed up the elevator shaft. It looked really difficult, and especially for him hanging there as long as he did. That was quite the feat. I'm really glad that they got caught the second time when they did it, because I was like, there's no way you like silently climb up a elevator <laughs> shaft and no one hears you. <laughs> like, well, like, you make a good point, Bruce. I'm picturing the amplified echoes of me panting up an elevator shaft <laughs> but then yeah i got this feeling when he was sneaking up on her like take out the elevator shaft if he snuck up on her in any way i i got this feeling of i i, I had mixed feelings about like well he she should know he's there but then at the same time i was like well that's that's pretty realistic it's pretty easy to sneak up on someone like if if they're doing their thing and and you're just kind of stalking them. Wow. <laughs> it's really easy to um. stalk people. I do it all the time. Um, I, can't, I can't phrase it without sounding creepy, but my point is it was realistic to have snuck up on someone. Based and off your experience. Based off my experience. But this kind of has the best of both worlds where they show that realistic aspect of it, but then also, no, she's kind of, omniscient when it comes to the boys she knows exactly what they're doing we got the blood cup back <laughs> that's the only way you can communicate with other people do you think she had to slay somebody's throat to talk this time or was it just like leftover blood in there like how did that work <laughs> i actually had that same thought um and i was wondering if i mean i was hoping greg would be able to tell us but um the stealing of the deva stealing the hearts was like the deva eating the heart or if it was taking it back to Meg for her to use blood. Mm. That'd be really cool. You also, because the whole thing was a setup, the heart could mean absolutely nothing at all as well. Like they were just trying to draw the boys in. So they could have removed the heart as a way of like showing some significance to the crime scene, including how they dismembered the body and made a symbol. Just leaving as many breadcrumbs as possible. <laughs> Taking the heart, (laughs) leaving a symbol of blood on the floor, and they were all born in Lawrence, Kansas. Well, that's literally what they did. They're not going to miss this one. I bet it's like a reception thing. I bet you could use old blood, but it just gets harder and harder to hear. (laughs) On Meg's altar with the cup of blood, we also see black candles. And I know there's like a whole history of black candles and what they mean, but all I can think of when I see them is Hocus Pocus. (laughs) <laughs> the black candle yeah something cool about them i don't know i was <laughs> i my eyes were drawn to those black candles specifically like during the scene that's funny because i didn't even notice them so sam did his recon and then the boys knew they they had to intercept whoever was meeting meg and 
they were gearing up for a fight and they were relatively certain that this had something to do with their mom, especially because of the breadcrumbs of Lawrence, Kansas. Um, it turns out it's a trap, but that's that's what they thought at the time. So uh, they had an interesting, interesting argument that was the same old argument, but with new information coming to light of Sam said that once everything was settled, he was, he was going to maybe go back to Stanford and get on with his life. And Dean wasn't too happy with that. Um, and I thought it was cool that it was, like I said, it's the same argument, but um, Dean now divulged that, like, well, one of the reasons he keeps pulling Sam in is uh, because he, he wants the family to stay together. Yeah, it was the first time we've had this conversation and it wasn't Dean accusing Sam of being a bad son or being selfish. It was Dean actually admitting his own sadness. I really felt for him. But at the same time, I was just like, I have this perspective on family that I think is a little skewed, but... (laughs) (laughs) Patrimony. No, no, but like... (laughs) Growing up, I had, I like learned this idea of like the concept of leaving the nest of like, you go off and do your own thing. You may hardly see each other and that's okay. And so it came from like my, my dad is from Ohio and he moved to Pennsylvania. My mom is from Pittsburgh and she moved to Greene County. Um, so we hardly saw our extended family. So for me, after I grew up, I just said, Bye. I, I went off and <laughs> left and uh later i realized like most people don't have that same mentality of like it's harder for them to move on than it was for me so when sam no sorry so when dean was talking about like oh i wanted i wanted us to be together it's like you guys are all grown men like come on <laughs> let's get get over it <laughs> be a man <laughs> All right, where do you go that direction? <laughs> Toxic masculinity. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm getting tired of them arguing. I'll be honest with you. Oh yeah. Like I, I like that we have the like, um, I don't know the the feeling. What do you want to call that? The character study a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. It just feels like we fight every episode and then it's resolved. And then we fight <laughs> and then it's resolved. I don't know. And I just sometimes I'm like. Maybe they could just be all right for a little bit. (laughs) The thing that helped it feel more relevant this episode for me was Meg kind of instigating a little bit. Um, Whenever she met Dean in the bar, she yelled at him about letting Sam live his life and do what he wants to do. So whether that part was necessary or not, I think it helps lead to Dean like stewing on all these emotions on top of Sam then talking about leaving. Yeah, and I also think it's it's kind of it's realistic in that uh like you were saying like they fight and then everything's fine and they fight and everything is because it is a hanging issue of like they they have these fights and they their relationship is okay but the issue is still there of what's going to happen after we resolve this demon thing and um so it's realistic, but from an entertainment perspective, I can totally see your position, Bruce, of like, <laughs> all right, it's, it's kind of tired. So I love Sam's attitude with the weapons in this scene. 
bring it all <laughs> grabs everything he possibly can yeah <laughs> yeah i thought it he mentioned uh all these like he, he had a bunch of like religious rights that forget how he phrased it of like that i can't even name or something like that some religious rights you've never even heard of and it's just like well how's that even useful <laughs> like to to try and figure out how to stop this thing you're gonna stop and read the pages and be like does this work <laughs> like, i don't know i just thought that was not as useful as all the weapons we'll see their plan was to hide behind some crates whenever they got there <laughs> that's so true. then they would have had time to skim some books that's true do some light reading it, yeah it was a weird scene in general because Mostly, we usually have this conversation when we open up the trunk and we're looking through the trunk to see what we need. This one was grab everything from the trunk and bring it to the hotel room. <laughs> like, why not drive the car there? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it, it was just I mean, I get why they did it because like they're like we have to show. But it was just it was strange that we had to do that in the hotel room and not just before we go into the abandoned building. The way the scene was edited with them, like loading all the guns. To me, it constantly felt like we were one frame away from it being a montage. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very dramatic loading of the assault, assault shotgun. <laughs> I wanted to call it an assault rifle so bad. <laughs> An assault rifle. So then they both turn into Spider-Man. They silently climb that same elevator shaft next to each other, no less. And then they think they're hidden. But uh-oh. Meg knows it's them. And they get the sh** kicked out of them. Right? Oh, my God. Sam's face. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I had to pause it and go back and look at it again. Because there's just skin missing on his <laughs> yeah. head. Like, that man needs stitches. It, <laughs> I think it was fortunate that Meg wanted them alive. Because they were absolutely useless against that monster. Uh-huh. Because they uh, they were all in the room and they they were all aware of each other and they were aware that this monster was a fact. What do you call it? I Deva. should know. Damon. Deva. Deva. Thank you. Damon. Uh, Wayne's. <laughs> Deva. Yeah. So they were all in this room and they knew that the Deva was a factor in play, and it just sprung out. Killed, not killed them. It sprung out, attacked them, and they were absolutely useless. So it was fortunate that she wanted them alive because they would have died immediately. Because as we have seen, it can just rip your heart out. I did like the twist here of it's not just like a shadow monster that the beginning of the episode made it seem like it was. That was just the part of it that you could see. Yeah, I like that. Then the boys, um, the boys execute their what seems like a practice strategy of faking a distraction to fake using a switchblade so Sam could actually use his knife to untie himself. <laughs> They're very smooth about it. So do you, do you think the Dean specifically made his knife make a noise? Yeah, I, th- I think it did. So that she would go over? Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, Casey, I, I do think that's what they did. Why wouldn't Dean just be quiet and cut his rope? Because <laughs> element of surprise. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Okay, because it would. Okay, I'll give you that. Because because he definitely used that like close proximity to. Yeah, because then he like he hit Meg right. <laughs> headbutt. Yeah, headbutt. <laughs> yeah. such a realistic headbutt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did he say? I have a knife of my own. <laughs> Good line. Flip the table. What did he say? Flip the altar. altar. Yeah. The altar. And then the Devas just straight up Hans Grubered Meg right out that window. <laughs> so a couple episodes ago, we met the Reaper and he killed the uh, wife at the end because she had enslaved him. Was that our theory? Yeah. 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 So, do you feel like this was a similar act where because Meg had enslaved these Devas um, that that why they like you said hans grouped her out the <laughs> um <laughs> out the window yeah, i think dean even says um in the episode that they have been known to turn against the person that summoned them and attack them so as soon as they had the opportunity Ooh. they got her yeah and if it if this keeps coming up if there are different entities that are summoned and enslaved that then turn on their masters i like that as a as a trope of of yeah, of course. Like nobody likes to be forced to do these <laughs> things. So, Bruce, when you saw Meg laying there on the sidewalk, <laughs> Bruce, did you think this? <laughs> I was so excited. Did you, did you think she was dead? You said, "Well, that's Why? the last of Meg." <laughs> so when she landed, I checked my the time on the. There was about eight minutes left of the episode. At that point, really playing the game um, with this one. So I was like, okay, something else is going to happen. And I don't know. It it was such a short ending and death. I, I it just didn't feel like it was it was real. Like it was like there's something else going on. Whether she's her spirits out to get them or something, you know what I mean? But it if it it they definitely implied that there was something else going on at that point. It's very similar to um I don't even know her name. I recently watched another episode of The Mandalorian where that um, the bounty hunter woman. What's what's it? no? She's not a bounty hunter. The I know you're yeah, talking about the bandit. I don't what know do you call I don't her? Know the name. Um, so she died, and like first, it was like you said, it was like a sudden death of like, huh. But second, it was like the actress of like, well, he's way more important than that. You probably coming back. <laughs> It's like it, Dean can't die by being thrown out a window. Like they, that's that's just it's not do, yeah. how it goes. Yeah, it has to be something a little bit bigger. We have a recurring character. She's not gonna, you know, die that quickly. We hope, but yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> so this episode, it felt like a lot of my predictions were close. Like I know I, I missed the Meg, Meg by again. a mile. She <laughs> Their dad will swoop in to um, save them. Nope. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> uh, it she did say that she was setting them all up, and that felt to me like I was like, oh, that's almost what I predicted. Um, which you know, it still could be, you know, in the long run. Um, uh, but like you said, uh, um, I thought Dad was, I thought this was when Dad was going to come in and save the day. He shows up late. Bruce, you, you did, you have specified multiple times uh you've used the phrase puppet master and this episode made me really proud of you because they they pretty much were her and whoever she's talking to on 
on the goblet phone where they set everything up in Chicago that there is no reason for the boys to be in Chicago at all. They just purposely murdered people and, and pulled everything together to get John there. Um, yeah, very much pulling the strings. So I was really impressed with your prediction. But not, not to the extent that Bruce has said yet. <laughs> we so. just haven't found it all out <laughs> <Yeah>. yet. <laughs> Let's calm down a second. Was, was he, I forget, was, what did Bruce imply like more of the plot was string pulling or? Oh, Bruce, Bruce's theory is that the entire thing, like every single episode has been arranged All these by, monsters. Yeah. So what was it? Um, the this demon is with uh whispered to the um oh yeah uh <laughs> the, the preacher the yeah, yeah the preacher from faith oh okay that's why yeah. dean got because he can't that's die why, yet yeah that's why he had to heal dean all right well we gotta give bruce a little bit of credit <laughs> poor guys he called the, the plot for one episode <laughs> kind of Still can't prove it wrong. <laughs> You're right, and who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe you will be right. Only time will tell. Um, but yeah, we get the big, the big reunion finally between Dad and the boys. Creepily sitting in the corner of their <laughs> hotel room, Just waiting in the dark. Bruce, what did you think about the scene finally happening? Uh, you want my honest opinion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was very underwhelmed. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I uh, I I think we've been hyping this up so much. To him, just like standing in a corner after missing all the action. I I don't know. I wanted more, and like I I think there's gonna be more. I know. I know. <laughs> no, this is the last time you see Dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone forever. Um. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, it was okay. I, I, it worked for the episode, but I just, I don't know. I could have used a little bit more the reason why he is the dad, you know? <laughs> well, when a man and a woman... <laughs> <laughs> Are you disappointed in, in that he didn't swoop in to save them heroically and, and like, a really grand entrance? Is that more what you were expecting? Yeah, basically. Just to show off his skill set, his why he is probably, you know, bet why because he trained these yeah. kids like so like, you know, practically he's better, you know, than, than them at what he's doing. That's so. a good point. That would be cool to see to witness John just kicking butt like it's second nature to him um, mm-hmm. versus you make a good point that he, he just kind of shows up. He, he just he looks like a person, like just an average guy. <laughs> like i said it was good for the episode but mm, i wanted more i really like how sam just completely reverted to just showing this man his full respect everything from the both of them was all Mm -hmm. yes sir yeah that's weird to me (laughs) the calling your dad sir is such a weird thing i wonder I guess it's kind of a survival thing of like the military militaristic lifestyle of like, you have to listen to every word I say to survive. Um, so you, you have to be very obedient and call me, sir. I don't know. It's just, yeah. And, and, um, their dad was in the Marines, right? I 
think you might have read that's, that that's on we the know. car info, <laughs> but I don't know if we know that yet. I don't know how much we know about John. We know that he drinks tequila. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I think I'm, we know I've got that. A bad memory. I don't know. Okay, so I, I was a little harsh. I was definitely harsh on that arrival. But after that, I really did enjoy that conversation. Um, there was a specific point where they uh, he tells Sam, last time we saw each other, I forget what, what even the quote was, but it was basically like, last time we saw each other, we didn't leave on good terms. And then I think Sam just goes, yeah, something along those lines. And I thought it was a very uh, mental connected conversation. Uh, where they didn't have to say all the words, but they knew what each other was thinking. And I, I just enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that whole scene was played really well by all three of them with exactly what you said. There, were, You could tell there were things happening between them that the words didn't need to be said. And we've seen a lot of stuff in the show that shows that those scenes aren't as easy as they may look. So I really appreciated that we got one of those scenes. And then they get the <laughs> kicked out of them again. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Man. Bruce, were you worried at all that dad was going to die here? He's too important to die that that quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of disappointed in the effectiveness of the devas because in the opening scene, we saw how effective they are. They just rip your heart out before you even know they're there. And as was demonstrated... The Devas had the element of surprise. They did not know they were there. They could have just ripped John's heart out. And so earlier, they wanted the boys alive, but they specifically wanted to kill John, as far as I know. Do we know that? Was that said? Ah, oh, that's a good point. There was a trap for their dad. I can't rem- I don't... You, you have a good point. I don't know that they specified they wanted him dead. Darn. Yeah, my thought, my thought was that there wasn't an intention to kill because they still want all three of them alive for some reason. That's why they're pulling all these strings. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm going to tell myself that for now until it's proven otherwise. (laughs) Um, Maybe you guys can explain it to me a little bit better. This climax was a little, not disappointing, but confusing for me. So the whole, was it a flare that he threw? And And it lit up the room, right? So the idea was that there's no more shadows. But I thought she explained that the shadows were just there because you couldn't see them. I think, I mean, we kind of have to piece together some things here to figure it out and come up with some type of answer. But I think um, I think Sam even calls them shadow demons. Yeah, I think so. So I think it's like they come from the shadows and exist in the physical world. They're not just shadows but shadows are part of their existence. Yeah. I didn't think about it too much, but I just generally was like, they, they get their strength from shadows somehow. Because you're right, they, they are a physical entity, but... It might just be that the light is like incapacitating okay. them. I'll give it to you. Because <laughs> he, yeah, he says as soon as the, that flare goes out, they're going to be back. So they might just be stunned in that hotel room while that flare's on. It's a good thing. They are so prepared that <laughs> he brought everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but like even for bringing everything to have that in their trunk is insane. I mean, having a flare really isn't that weird. <laughs> yeah, Greg, that's a common trunk accessory. <laughs> no, but 
No, no, that type of flair is like, I they actually would probably almost burn down that apartment building because of that type of flair. But that was cool. That was real smart of Sammy. Always using that big old lawyer brain. <laughs> so right before they're all getting ready to go, Dean decides that Dad is not safe with them to go with them because they will use them as leverage for him. I. I get it, and it made sense, but I just don't think it's the right play right now. I think right now there's already emotional detachment, so whether they're always going to go after Sam and Dean to have him come back to him, whether he's with them or not. So I just, I felt like they were stronger together at this point. You make a good point about the boys are in danger by association with John. Regardless of if John is nearby. That's a good point. Dad is on a very specific mission right now, which is figuring out how to kill a demon. And he doesn't want the boys to be involved with that search. But from the sounds of it, he wants them to be involved with whatever comes next. Yeah. So it's not like it's we're separating for good and I'm never going to talk to you guys again or we're going to separate like there's a very clear line of when they plan on meeting back up, which is something we haven't had yet. I do tend to agree with Bruce though. Like if he's looking for a way to kill this demon, the whole separation aspect of it only makes sense. If the boys hide underground and do nothing until dad figures this out. I I disagree. I think if they were with him, it would just be like, it's just a constant distraction at that point from trying to figure out how to kill this demon. So this whole season we've been building up and saying that eventually we're going to see them not able to defeat whatever monster they're up against. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that finally happened. Mm. They got the kicked out of them. Meg's still alive. The Davids are still alive. They didn't actually win anything. And the first time that happened is when all three of them were together. I wouldn't call it a coincidence. Yeah. I, I, because I do agree. Like, Essentially, they are weaker together because of their love for each other. Like, that's the whole point. Um, And so I guess a big part of it is if they're all together and one of them gets caught, then, then that one knows everything about the others and, you know, could be, could, could sell them out. Not sell them out. What's the term? But, um, Point is, I, I guess there could be an argument for them being separated, but it just seems like if the boys should be underground entirely, then like while Dad figures that out, they should all three separate. Yeah, that's I was gonna say <laughs> with that logic, like Sam and Dean should not be together either. <laughs> like I yeah. don't know, I just uh, I I I get it, but I don't know. It just didn't feel very natural to me for some reason. Would you say it felt? <laughs> <laughs> Walk right into it every time. <laughs> But yeah, you mentioned earlier, John says, uh, we are all going to have a part to play. And I kind of want to see what he means by that. Like, I want to see if it sounded like he knew, like, I don't think he said, I think we're all going to have a part to play. It it sounded like he knew, like, we are all going to have. So I want to see how that transpires and whether or not he actually should have been able to predict that because it it sounds like he doesn't know how to kill this demon so i don't know so maybe he knows bits and pieces i guess so 
<laughs> one thing I hate about doing this podcast is <laughs> whoa. Um, <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Let me tell you. Boy, all right. Hold on, let me First, pull there's up. Greg's unpreparedness. Let me pull up my <laughs> one note. There's Bruce's on here. jokes. Okay. Number one, <laughs> staring at your faces for two hours. Number two. <laughs> um, it, okay, so really, um, the one thing I hate about doing this podcast is I get these theories about things, mm-hmm. but... I also get worried that they're not theories. They're what actually happens. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want, I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> You're like tiptoeing around it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I have a theory very relevant to what Greg was just talking about. And you can't elaborate on it because <laughs> it may or may not be. A There's a 50% chance. It's just straight up spoilers. <laughs> cool. We'll have to see. What what wonderful theories Bruce comes up with instead. <laughs> and then our wonderful Meg is resurrected and comes around the corner and I can't remember what she does. Sees the Impala driving away. Right. Just just being Meg. <laughs> Ugh, worst. Are you like conditioned by family guy? I think that's exactly what's happening right now. <laughs> so I'm really excited for Sam Scars. Sam's what? Oh, yeah. They need to go to the hospital. Those are deep. They really need to go to the hospital. They're so deep. That'd be so cool if they kept those major scars. Right? Like halfway across the <laughs> like eye. Throughout the 15-year history of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry, Greg. What are you really excited about? I'm excited that this episode was the first one to really be almost... No, it was entirely about the story arc mm. uh, as it pertains to... The boys and the dad, and Kansas and mom, and Jess and everything. As a result, this episode was very different. And and you mentioned it earlier, Casey. In one way, it's they came across a thing they couldn't immediately defeat. Um, where every episode so far has been figuring out what the thing is and then taking about two and a half minutes to defeat it. Um, so this one, they not only couldn't immediately defeat it, they have a strategic retreat they ran away they fled and i thought that was really cool uh um is very much not a monster of the week show and we'll see how long it lasts we'll see if there's more monster of the week filler but i really like that feeling of um there being more to it than um just knocking down bad guys on the way (laughs) the power rangers finally didn't win that's, yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> um, did we start doing reviews? I'm... It felt like a review, but I thought Greg was just <laughs> yeah, talking. <I> did. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No. I can't wait to see how much of that gets repeated in Greg's review. The overall review, and I can't start a review without saying reviews. Reviews. I give this episode seven shadow monsters out of ten. Um. As excited as I was that this episode focused on the story arc and that the boys finally met up with their dad, uh, I'm, I, with Bruce, that uh, the scene with dad was a little bit of a letdown. There's a lot of fun stuff in the scene, but it felt a little bit anticlimactic. Um, and then overall, if, when I think about this episode, not much happened. Um, so. 
I watched that episode and I was just like, did any, nothing really happened. I, I think it's because I'm so used to, um, it's a trap being a subplot or like part of an overall story. And it was the entire plot of this episode. Um, so it just felt like at, when they drove off, it was just like, huh, that was it, huh? So I was very excited, but um, that aspect made it uh, a low, lower than an eight. So give it a seven. I give this six and a half out of ten shadows. Um, I wouldn't completely agree with you that nothing happened, Greg, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Greg, hot take. <laughs> um, <laughs> it did feel like a setup story very much. Like, we were meeting Dad. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, we've kind of developed Meg a little bit more. Um, what's going to happen with that? Um, there wasn't a whole lot that kind of either got resolved or were in the midst of. It was kind of like getting us ready for this final stretch into the finale. Um, so... That's why mine kind of went down a little bit. I had a lot, like I said, I had a lot of expectations on this meeting with dad. I thought it was going to be really exciting. I thought it was going to be really big. And it just, it just, I get what they were trying to do. But for me, it just felt, felt a little flat. Um, <laughs> I wrote down Meg is obnoxious. <laughs> so sorry, Meg. Really? If we ever have her on the <laughs> podcast, I just, <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know, just the character itself, it's supposed to be evil, but it just comes off annoying to me, and I don't know why. The, how do we say these monsters' names? Oh my god, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> shadow monsters. The shadow monsters, um, <laughs> like you said, Greg, were very, they could kill Meredith in one swoop, but if we're trying to kill our other characters, it's really hard. And I just and I we went through that and we talked about it and I get it. But uh, my initial reaction was like, uh, I it's just there. I don't know. I couldn't understand this character, these monsters very well. Um, it felt like there was a lot of uh, missing information. Um, the logic the dad can't come with them bothered me. Um, I, I know we discussed it, but it just uh, that was a big downfall. I was excited to see dad and to see what was going to happen. But now they can't hang out with them because he loves them too much. I It just wasn't working for me. Um, <laughs> so six and a half out of ten shadows. I give this episode an eight devas out of ten. <laughs> there were a lot of things I really liked about the episode. Like I said, I like the fact that we finally got the episode where they didn't win. Um, they barely got away with their lives and they were very injured at the end of this one. Like you said, they have the episode ended with them running away, which I thought was pretty cool and different from what we've seen so far. Um, as far as Meg, we found out a lot about who she is and Bruce, you're right. She is obnoxious and annoying. And I think it's intentional. Like Dean just straight up, I think calls her awful. <laughs> I think. Um, and like Dean's clearly annoyed by her, um, which I enjoyed. And I think she- yeah, I think she's just someone that we're supposed to be annoyed with and not just find her evil, but unlikable. With the reunion with Dad, I liked this opposite approach of it, where this whole season, he's been built up by Dean to be this almost 
mythological person who is, like you said, is going to come in, he's going to swoop in and save the day and be this big shining hero. But what we get is someone who speaks softly and just kind of looks like a old man and just appears to be a human being. And I like that it plays into this idea where the boys have this grand thought about who their father is and it doesn't actually align with the person that John is. So maybe in the future we'll see him be this big badass demon fighter or maybe he's just a human being that they grew up with and have this um, have this idea of who he is that doesn't reflect who he actually is. Eight Davis out of ten. Hey Greg. What? What are we watching next week? Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 1, Episode 17, Hell House. Sam and Dean investigate a house haunted by the ghost of a man who killed his six daughters during the 1930s. So this episode focused mainly on our overarching um, story. And the way this show seems to fall in line with is that we have a very story-centered um, episode and then we have a few episodes that are kind of filler i hate using that word uh, but we have some monster of the weeks um episodes so i then our next couple episodes are not going to be as story centered um i'm gonna stick with my episode 20 we're gonna see dad again and that's when it's gonna that's when the stuff's gonna hit the fan is what i'm gonna say um obviously meg has to come back um and uh we will I think we're going to see father in episode 20 as well. Um, and that's when we're going to need uh, dad to come back to help them. I like to think that we're going to have that shining moment where he comes and saves them. <laughs> um, so do you think Meg will also be like, all, everything is going to be episode 20 Meg, dad and father. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping um, I, I feel like Meg is a stand in for father right now. So once we get him, I feel like Meg's not going to be important anymore. So he, she's a pawn in this. Like Dean said, she had a high school photo. Um, she checks out. So it's possible that she's also part of the, the pawn um, in this. So I think once we see Dad, Meg's not going to be really that important. Might even be killed off because he doesn't need her anymore. So remember, everyone, uh, we're always looking for those... Uh, those ratings. So if you guys uh, put any cool ratings in, I'd love to read them uh, for you guys. Bruce, what's a cool rating? Um, I, I will read anything that you put on there. <laughs> in a real sexy voice, even. Yeah, you want to you give us a taste? Yeah, what's, what's a sample of that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Next time on... Hello, all you cool cats. <laughs> <laughs> For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at naturalfriendspodcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continued support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thanks for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. friends. finger mommy finger where are you here i am here i am how do you do